October 27th, 2022, in Masechet Sanhedrin, and Bet Amud Aleph. Let's go back to two lines down in the wide lines. We rushed through this at the end of class yesterday. Take a minute or two to review it. it says the Gemara in the middle of the line, Ba'et Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef had the following question. Se'ar nashim sadkaniot mahu. What would be the status of the hair of women who didn't worship Avodah Zarah in this Eid Hanidacha. The Eid Hanidacha, the property is being burnt. The people are being killed by Hedek, Saif. What about the hair of the women who maybe didn't worship Avodah Zarah? Says the Gemara that Rava responded to Rav Yosef. Amar Rava, Rava says your assumption in asking specifically about the women who are Sitkaniot, who didn't worship Avodah Zarah is Hader Sha'ayot Asur. Are you assuming for some reason that the women who did worship Avodah Zarah, their hair is Asur? In other words, it gets the status of Isur Hana'ah. In other words, you're going to be burning, burning it together with the other uh, property of the city. After all, it would not stand to reason what you're, sta- what you're suggesting because the Pasuk does describe how you destroy matters, but the Pasuk says specifically, Tikbots Vesarafta. The Pasuk says, you gather the property into the middle of the city, or rather into the middle of the street, and then you burn it. It seems to suggest the only items, the only property that's burned is the property that you gather and burn. If there's anything else necessary in that process to burning, other than just gathering it, it's not a simple gathering. For example, we saw yesterday at Rav Hasta's opinion, or two days ago, that if it's a day's journey out, or more than a day's journey, you wouldn't even gather it in. If there's anything that's going to be extra strain, extra uh, effort, you don't, in such a circumstance, say that it's Asur Bahana with regards to putting it in the middle and, and burning. Yes. Yeah. So says the, the Pasuk says, Tikbots Vesarafta Ketiv. The only items which are going to be burnt, the only items which are going to be Asur Bahana'a, prohibited in terms of benefit, is. We're not up to wig yet. Right now we're still on the hair. So I, you know, I mean, yesterday we were up to it. So, well, yes. So our understanding is maybe maybe what you were implying, what you were referring to, Rav Yosef, is cutting the hair off, gathering that then, and bringing it to the street and burning it. Doesn't make sense, says Rava, because in such a circumstance, you're mechusar ma'aseh. You need to do an extra action that's called cutting the hair and then gathering and bringing that far we don't go. And as a result, it's simple, it's clear, Rava exclaims to Rav Yosef, and Rav Yosef readily accepts that the hair of individuals, both of men and women, shayot and alike, is not going to be part of the property which is destroyed. Well then, Rav Yosef, you seem to have had a question. What was it that you were referring to? Rather, says, says, the, Gemara, uh, says the Gemara, Ela Amar Rava, rather Rava, perhaps interpreting the question of Rav Yosef, he suggests, Bepe'a Nochrit. The circumstance that Rav Yosef perhaps was uh, questioning was a wig. If there's a wig of a woman, now in such a circumstance, it's no longer... Uh, on her body. In other words, it's not connected to her. So it's not mechusar ma'aseh to the extent that you'd have to cut it off and then collect and then burn. It's rather just collecting and burning. 
And so that's the question of Rav Yosef. If it's the Pe'an Nochrit of one of the Sidkaniot, of one of the women who didn't worship, what's the status? What is the specific circumstance? If it's on her head, if it's connected to her body, then we would quite clearly answer your question, Rav Yosef. That's considered like part of her body. You're not separating that in order to burn it. You're not taking it away from her in order to destroy it. It's part of her body. Her body is uh, certainly uh, taken away from her. We do say uh, for herig, but we're not taking her body parts and then, uh, and then burning them. Perhaps instead, the question specifically of Rav Yosef was not just the wig of a woman who's a part of the Ir Hanidahat, but specifically, it is the Taleb Sibbeta. In such a circumstance where it's hanging, explains Rashi, on the peg in her home. It's not on her body. On the one hand, should I consider it Is it considered like the property of righteous people, meaning those who didn't worship Abu Dazara, but find themselves in Irhani Dahat? And we said, if, even if you didn't worship, both yourself and your property are going to be lost. If it's in Irhani Dahat or Dilma, or perhaps. The other side of the equation of the question is, since she puts it on her head and goes out with it, since the purpose of that wig is to be tethered to her body, not just like clothing which might just you know, be placed on top, but the wig division is, is something that's really placed and, 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 and pinned into her hair or onto her head. would be considered like her uh, clothing in that respect, but clothing to the extent that it's so much a part of her. Teku, in other words, the clothing that's on her body at that time. Teku says the Gemara. The Gemara doesn't have a resolution. So effectively, just to sum it up, Rav Yosef's question was about a pe'anochrit, which is the wig of the hair of the woman that was made into a wig, but she's not wearing it right now. If she is wearing it right now, so then it's kilevushadamim, we're not going to burn it. If she is not wearing it right now, which is specifically our case, the question is, do we consider it like she's wearing it? Because after all, it just takes taking it off the peg and putting it on her head. There's no adornment of the wall by having it on the peg. Or alternatively, do we say, right now it's not on her head and it should be considered part of her possessions and burnt together with anything else of the city, says the Gemara Teku, we have a matter which will stand. Again, that's the question. Is it like her other clothing or is it like the clothing that's on her? The clothing, uh, what's the difference between the two? The wig is the assumption. She doesn't leave her home without putting this on. It's very connected to her clothing. Sometimes she wears that one, other times she wears another one. But the wig is something which is a constant. She will not walk out of her house without the wig on her head to the extent that maybe it's a part of her body in that respect and it won't get burnt. As opposed to the clothing that's on her body at the time of death as well isn't burnt. Question is, do you consider it like that or do you consider it like the traditional clothing and it should be burnt? That's the matter, says the Gemara, we don't have an answer. The Gemara has one last uh, debate before it goes into the second part of the Mishnah. You see, one of the other halachot we saw in our Mishnah is that the city needs to have a street. That's where the property would be gathered, that's where it would be destroyed. 
uh, the, the Mishnah talked about what if the city doesn't have a street. So the Gemara records Mahloket in the Biraita here, two lines from the bottom, Tanura Bana, in La Rehov, if the Ir Hanidacha doesn't have a street or what we call a sratya, in other words, a public street, a street in which most of the people will congregate in. Uh, what are you supposed to do? Do you not fulfill the halachot of ir hanidahat? Uh, the first opinion here is, enana aset ir hanidahat Ishmael's halacha, uh, in his understanding, goes like this. Since it doesn't have that public street, none of the halachot of ir hanidahat will be applied which means to say not only are we not destroying the property, but we're not killing all the people if he had it. which means to say furthermore that we saved the lives of the righteous. Those who didn't worship Avodah Zarah are spared in this circumstance. Only those who worshiped Avodah Zarah will be judged. They'll get sikila as Yahidim who did Avodah Zarah just because you don't have one of the facets, one of the details that the Torah told you, that you need to gather it to the street. Rabbi Akiva disagrees. We saw the opinion of Rabbi Akiva and Amishman. Rabbi Akiva Omer, in la rehov, osin la rehov. Says Rabbi Akiva, not so fast. So the city doesn't have the public street. It only has a lot of side streets. It's not, it doesn't have one of these uh, very busy uh, streets where people are going back and forth and, and discussing and matters and walking together. Uh, that's not a problem. You'll make one. What do you mean you'll make one? You'll make one in order to fulfill the laws of Ir Hanidahat so that now you can gather the property and place it there and then destroy the property and the streets. As the Gemara, effectively, what's the Mahdoka between Biakiva and Rabbi Ishmael? What is it that's dividing them? What's the uh, source? The Nikudata Mahloket. So as the Gemara, very simply, according to Rashi's reading, Rabbi Ishmael says, when the Torah says you need to gather the property in the Rehov, it's referring to the Rehov de Me'ikara, the fact that it had a Rehov, one of those streets initially. Uh, whereas Rabbi Akiva says that's not a problem. Even if at the time of judgment there was no rehov, at the time of implementation, when you're now going to kill and going to destroy, so if you make a rehov, that would suffice. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less, according to Rashi's reading of the Gemara. Now the Gemara, as I mentioned, goes into the latter part of the Mishnah uh, to elaborate and to deal with. Yes? On the square, could it be that when they say you don't make the square? They translate it as square? Yeah. Fascinating. Because Saratya doesn't, all right, it's like really the middle. So when I called it the middle, I was saying it right. I corrected myself on that, yeah. That you needed a square in order to influence the other people. You're asking what's the ta'ama dikra? Why is it that you have a, it's so that there's a scene. Keep in mind, but who you influencing? I I got it. Maybe if the town is so small that it doesn't have a square, maybe well, that's fascinating. So let me first mention Ricky. Ricky suggests if it doesn't have the square, we're imagining it as a, a city that's not connected. It might potentially be lacking the sophistication. That's interesting. Keep in mind, we're still going to treat the individuals as individuals who worship Abdullah Zarah. We have Ocean Park. We have Ocean, Ocean Park was considered Sadat, yeah, according to most. Uh, you know, Broadway is as well. That's what I'm saying, even though it's not a square per se. Um, Grand Boulevard. Um, but Jeffrey's suggesting that the square is in order to make a scene so that others take heed and realize what's taking place, which wards them off. That's what you're suggesting? Earlier. Where is the 
Oh, cause the Avodah Zarah. And so if they didn't have it and they still came to Avodah Zarah, you're assuming they did it as individuals as opposed to a, as a collective. Fascinating. I'm not certain. I mean, we'd have to, and it shouldn't be hard. We can, after the class, we'll check the Mefarshim on the Torah in Perik Yod Gimav Devarim. They might give an explanation to why you need that Rehov, uh, which the Torah uh, refers to. Again, in the simple interpretation of the Torah, aside from the Hachamim's depth on it, it's just describing where you're going to gather this stuff. So you put in the Rehov, the Hachamim hone in on it, and what you're suggesting is that's the logic that underlies it. That's a fascinating, fascinating thoughts to have. Unfortunately, I'm not uh, not equipped at the moment to answer them. As says the Gemara onward, let's deal with the second part of the Mishnah. The second part of the Mishnah is with regards to the Hekdeshot, the Terumot, the Ma'asrot, which means to say the Torah says you're supposed to take the, uh, the property of the inhabitants, the property of the city, and that's what you destroy. And our Mishnah made clear that's to exclude property that never belonged to the people or to the city. Uh, for example, if it belonged, quote unquote, to God, like Hekdesh, like Terumant in certain respect, like even Ma'aseh Sheni to another extent. And the Gemara will here deal with some of the technicalities. If you're well versed, if you've learned some Gemara, many of the terms will be familiar to you. If you're not, so I'll bring you through them, we'll deal with some of the base level understandings with regards to what's going to be described over here as they come. Tanur Rabbanan, the Gemara starts with a Beraita, it says, Hayuba Kodashim. If the city had Kodashim, Kodashim, we have a full Seder of Mishnayot, the fifth of the six Sidarim, uh, the six uh, groups of Mishnayot, the Seder Kodashim. By definition, Kodashim refers to matters of the Mikdash. That's two types of Kodashim. You deal with Kodashim Mizbeach, you deal with something else called Kodashim Bedekabayit. Kodashim Mizbeach means the animals that are going to be sacrificed. Now, Kodashim Bedekabayit is items which are dedicated to the Mikdash for them to use it as necessary, even to redeem and then use the money in some way or another. But effectively, Kodashim Bedekabayit could be an animal or something else. That's Kodashim Bedekabayit, whereas Kodashim Mizbeach is a reference to the animal. So here says the, says the Beraita, Kodashim Mizbeach Yamutu, Kodashim Bedekabayit Yifdu. Uh, the Beraitas uh, distinguishes. It says, if you're dealing with Koche Mizbeach, it means animals which were sanctified for the Mizbeach, Yamutu. You don't have the option of being Podeh, which means to say you can't redeem them with money. The halacha is if an animal is sanctified for the Mikdash, unless it has a blemish which was naturally caused to it, you may not redeem it. It has the status of Kedushah that is irredeemable. But I changed my mind. Too late. You shouldn't have sanctified that animal. Once the animal is sanctified, for that reason the Beraita says, Yamutu, there's nothing you can do. And in turn, when the Mishnah told us this halacha, it was referring to something along those lines as well. Kodshem is is Yamutu. You have no other choice other than to allow for it to die. In contrast, if it's not the sanctity level of being sacrificed on the Mizbeah, but rather you're sanctifying it as a present to the Mikdash, what we call Bedekabayit, Yiftu, in that circumstance, what can and should be done is the value, I sanctified this book, this table, all the tables in this room, to the Mikdash. Take the value of all these tables, where Podeh, we redeem the money, we pay money in place of these tables, and the money now is kosher. The money has no problem with regards to uh, any uh, issues of, of, of uh, irhani dahat now. Question? No, uh, 
Okay, so give me one second before I keep going. Uh, so, uh, you know, so that, that's, that's the difference here. Now that, and that's the halakha. When it comes to kotcheh bet you're allowed to be podeh. What do you do with, I don't know, the table or the animal or whatever it is in the kotcheh bet Once I took the money, now keep in mind, I took the money, I redeemed it, and I'm using it for the mikdash now. What's that? There may have been torot. So you can't sell Torah unless you buy it on the shul, you have to be ma'ale. Uh, we'll talk about what the, the, the sifre, uh, the kitve hakodesh had to be nignaz. You weren't poder them either, um, you know, in any way. Uh, but that's the halacha. What do you do with the, uh, let's say it was an animal afterwards? There happens to be a mahloka between Rashi and Harambam on this issue. Does, does the animal now, after being redeemed, does it get killed or not? All right, in other words, that's part of the property of the city. Let me, for a moment, first return to that first statement, the kochem mizbeach. We said the kochem mizbeach, it's an animal which is sanctified to the mikdash. And so what's the halacha in such a circumstance? The halacha in such a circumstance is you may not redeem it. Um, wait a second, why can't I um, uh, sacrifice it? It's not belonging to the owner. It's belonging to bore olam, to the mikdash at this point. Why is it that I can't sacrifice such an item? It's, it, it, my name is no longer attached to it. I have the obligation to bring it. Uh, so what Rashi already leads us on to understanding, and we'll see it furthermore in the Gemara, is this is going to be inappropriately attached still to the name of the Rasha, of the wicked person who sanctified it. And say, so even though it now has the name of God written all over it, the fact that its source initially was mine, and I'm the one who sanctified it, uh, might be Before he decided to worship our it makes no sense. He's giving it to that Either the guy is confused and he's got two sorts of visions, or alternatively, it's beforehand. Regardless, I mean, it's irrespective. I don't know when he did it. I don't, it won't matter. It's before the judgment in terms of the, the city. There's already this Kodashim. And so now the, the Beraita continues before we go back and analyze these halachot in, in greater depth. It says, Terumot Yirakevu. That's what we said in the Mishnah. The Terumah, which of course was the present to the Kohen. Yirakevu, it needs to be left to rot. You can't do anything with that. It has a certain sanctity. Umaaser Sheni Kodesh. And when it comes to Maaser Sheni, years one, two, four, five of the Shemitah cycle, Individuals were to bring a tenth of their produce to Yerushalayim and to eat from it and to enjoy it. They, together with, uh, as well as Kitve HaKodesh, the Sifre Torah, the Mezuzot, the Tefilim, Yiganzu, they had to be buried, or as uh, that's how Rashi wrote in the Mishnah, as Maris Benin told me, the English translated as need to be put away. All right, so that's the statement here in the Mishnah thus far. Go ahead. No. No, happened to have initially been owned by the owners, not used as part of Abadah Zarah. What's that? Yeah, the Torah is clear. Any property, including animals, the animals are slaughtered, the Torah says, or butchered. You know, that's Rabbi Shimon Omer, Behemta, Velo Behemat, Bechor Umaaser. Rabbi Shimon looks into the Pasuk in the Torah, which says that you take the animals, Behemta, and he excludes, it says, it's animals, the animals of the city, velo behemat, it comes to exclude bechor and ma'aser. Why does he specifically mention bechor and ma'aser? Why does he have a derashah from word behemah? Well, well, the Gemara will a bit deal with that in, in the ensuing lines. What is bechor and ma'aser? Just bechor is the firstborn from your flock was to be given to the kohen. The kohen was to sacrifice and the flesh was to be eaten by the kohen. That's if it was tamim. 
if it was a ba'almum, if the animal had a blemish when it was given to the kohen, so the kohen is to just, uh, just, just be able to, without any pidyon, enjoy it and use it for almost all matters. And that's both bechor and ma'aseh. Ma'aseh means every tenth animal. If you had a flock of a hundred animals, once a year you had to take a tenth, and you had to take ten of them. Every ten you're going to take them. That would be based on how many animals you have. All right, so, 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 right, the fact that they are, the fact that they began as his, just like Koche Mizbeach, just like Koche Be'er the Kabayit, the fact that it began as yours for some reason or another, either because there is still an actual ownership in it, or just because it came from you, we'll see in the ensuing lines of the Gemara, that's already a problem, and to that extent, you can't use it. Keep in mind, many of these you're not killing, you're not killing. None of these are you killing, but you can't actually use them. That's the point, right? In other words, the fact that it's connected to you, even though it's not actually fully yours. Now, kochem is No, I mean, for some reason, which the Gemara has to explain to us, he's distinguishing. Why aren't those kochem is to a certain extent? No, they're actually they're given to the queen, but they're just like it. That's for all intents and purposes, we would call them kochem isbeach. They have that kedusha. They have a one difference. The one difference is in kochem isbeach, when there's a mum, when there's a blemish, you then redeem it, and then the animals permit it. When it comes to bechor maaseh, they have their own status that if there's a blemish, the kohen immediately can enjoy it. There doesn't need to do a pidyon. The question is why that should make a difference for an extra pasuk. I will deal with that in the Gemara. No, no, no. Only animals over here. In the city? So, the Gemara never explicitly addresses this. The Torah says you're killing the children and the women, which is never fully clear, but the, and the Gemara doesn't really head-on address what that means. There are two opinions in the Midrash, and Harambam grabs one of them, uh, with regards to does it mean that the, the women and the children also worshipped? Or does it mean the women and the children, irrespective of their worship, are also included? We assume it's also with their worship, but they're also going to get killed in that respect. Oh, interesting. The baby is within 30 days, so it's still sanctified. Kivyachot to Hakadosh Baruch I don't know. That's 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 quite a, that's a classic Gemara style question. It's, an, it's a baby before it was redeemed, before you did pidyon haben on it. So it's not actually belonging, quote unquote, to the to the family, to the parents. It's still God's. What's going to be the status? Do we? I mean, keep in mind, we don't have many great options over Yamutu. It's going to be you know, like just leave it to die. But uh, that's an issue. I'm not certain. Uh, says the Gemara onward uh, again. So the, the statement of Bishimon, Bishimon Omer Behimta Velo Behemat Bechor Maaser. Then the pasuk says Shelala. It doesn't only say its animals, it says its property. Perat, he says, that comes to exclude, exclude le kesef ektesh, le kesef ma'aser. means the value, the money, which is ma'aser, or the money, which is hektesh. That's interestingly, the Gemara will not return to those words. Okay, because says the Gemara, let's deal with the words of the Beraita, almost all of them. Amar mor, means we're, we're kicking it back to an initial statement we had in this Beraita. The first statement in the Beraita, hayu ba kodashim, excuse me, hayu ba kodashim, if there were kodashim in this city. Kochem izbeach yamutu, that was the first statement. If it's kochem izbeach, they have the sanctity, the animals that they're going to be sacrificed, we leave them to die. We don't kill them. We may not kill them, 
but we may not sacrifice them either, says the Gemara Ve'amayamutu. Yir'u ad shi'istavu v'yimkiru v'yipilu d'mehen l'nedava. Why don't we, instead of letting them die, do the standard operation? As I told you purposefully, when it comes to Kochemis Beach, if the animal has a blemish, you redeem it. Again, if it has a blemish, you redeem it. The money then can be used for Kodesh. The money then can be sanctified to the Mikdash. So I'm dealing with an animal which is ostensibly thousands of dollars, a bull, a cow, or whatever, uh, the animal was part of Eid Hanidahat, uh, but it was already Hukdash. It has Kochei Mizbeh. You say, but it doesn't have any blemishes. Uh, so what, what's my, what are my options? Uh, let's kill it. Kill it, what, excuse me, not kill it, let's let it die. Why am I letting it die? Let me let it graze in the pasture for some 10 days, 30 days, whatever amount of time it takes. Animals are going to develop at some point a blemish. Let it get that blemish naturally. We're not going to inflict it. We're not allowed to do that. At which point, And then we'll sell them and take the money and donate that to the Mikdash. Why do we need a lab for them to die? Why is it that I can't get any benefit from this animal? Says the Gemara, Amar Biohanan says, You have a good claim, but here's the issue. Zevach resha'im to'eva. The halakha is that this is considered a zevach resha'im. This is considered a slaughter, an animal which is coming from wicked ones. And as a result, although, although as it's being sacrificed, you might say, but it's not really uh, the animal. It's no longer to'eva. That's inappropriate. No, but it's removed already. It's the money of that animal which had about... Zevach resha'im to'eva. It's a pasuk in Sefer Mishlech. What's that? If it, well, then it's not it, it, when he sanctified it, when he was makdish it. Yeah, it's not koche mizbeach if it has a mum. It's koche bedekabayit. No, but what's the halacha we saw it earlier? What's the halacha with koche bedekabayit? Yiftu, then they're redeemed. Because in such a circumstance, it was never considered zevach reshaim. It never had the status of a korban of a wicked person. Yeah. So, so that's what Nathan was asking earlier. Uh, there are, believe it or not, are and were confused people. Um, there's uh, Eliyahu screamed at the people, Admatayatim, uh, until when are you standing on these two platforms? Uh, people are never, or maybe sometimes they are, you, generally speaking, they're never fully rebellious against their tradition. They, uh, they, they uh, tiptoe out while at the same time staying connected. So it's a person who got a little confused. He's doing Avodah Zarah while at the same time bowing Takadosh Baruch. I don't think it's that crazy. Or maybe there's a family heritage we sanctify, but he's not really a part of it. Never, you know, we've met people like that. person who's an avowed atheist, but he's in Knis for Rosh Hashanah Kippur. What are you doing in Knis for Rosh Hashanah Kippur? You don't believe in any of this. This is what my family does. Something along those lines, I'd imagine. What's that? You're not going to ever kill these animals. The animal had kedushah. You're not going to kill it. You just leave it to die. But the question again is, why leave it to die? Why not let it graze? It will, but 
it means that you leave it to, it doesn't, doesn't mean that, no, I mean, you could lock it up, but the point is more than anything, you're not gonna touch this any longer. You're no longer using this. It's not making its way back to the Mikdash. It's, it's done in that respect. Respect says it'll be Yohanan, it's because of Zevach Rashaim Toiva. Resh Lakish Amar, there's a different reason why over here you're not allowed to, um, uh, in such a circumstance, uh, let it Yeru Achi Sta'avu Vimacheru Vimku Nedava. We're not going to use this, this animal in any way, shape, or form for a different reason. Mamon Be'alimhu. The reason is because the status of this animal is that it's mamon be'alim. The, the owner, the initial owner, still has some financial, some financial involvement. But what are you talking about? It was sanctified to God. The answer is when it comes to kodashim, when it comes to sanctifications, it's never, or it's generally speaking, not that simple. There are other details that are significant with regards to determining what's the full status, financial and monetary status of this animal, of this item. Now, when it's in the mikdash, it's fully and completely the mikdashes. But the initial stages, or this animal, for example, he says, we're talking about he says it perhaps is talking about kodashim I told you at the onset, there's a lot of concepts here that are going to be introduced with achrayut, as we know, uh, refers to responsibility. Uh, so the idea over here is you, it's, a, it's a sanctification, it's a hektesh, which you have full responsibility upon. Uh, the classic example of such is the difference between saying hare zeh and hare alai. For example, if I say hare zeh, if I say this is hektesh, it means this item is hektesh. This cup in front of me, if the cup gets lost, the cup gets blemished or damaged, that's not on me. I don't need to replace it any longer. This cup was hektish. If alternatively my words are, hare alai, it's upon me hektish. I might be looking at this cup and that's what I have in mind. But if the cup is lost or something happens to it, I now need to get something with the financial equivalence uh, of this cup, right? I have full responsibility upon it. Now in that circumstance where my acceptance of this korban was not just on the animal per se, but a general personal obligation with a full responsibility in such a circumstance that Bishimon's opinion is you have a certain material involvement in the animal. But what do you mean? The animal's going to God, but you have something involved over there because you have a full responsibility. We give you a little bit of stake in it. As a result, the suggestion of Resh Lakish to Rabbi Yohanan, let's keep in mind what we're talking about. We're talking about the Koche Mizbeah, the animal which was going to be sacrificed, which now was a part of the Irhani Dahat. Why don't you redeem it once there's a blemish and use that? Rabbi Yohanan, quite easy. Zevach Resha'im Tu'eva. It came from a wicked person, get it out of the way, you can't even redeem it. Resh Lakish says the reason is because it's still attached to the person. It's not attached to the person, it's still attached to the person. The person has ahrayut. According to the Bishimon, his opinion elsewhere is davar dame. If you're in any way responsible for the financial wherewithal or well-being of something, it's as if it's somehow connected to you. And as a result, since it's connected to you, 
well, that's mamoni ir hanidachat. In such a circumstance, we're not going to be able to use that, of course, for sacrifice, and we're furthermore not going to be able to redeem. Says the Gemara, Hamid Sefar Bishimon Hiresha, Lavre Bishimon. Says the Gemara that it's a beautiful interpretation, Resh Lakish. But if you look back at the top of the page, we had four or five lines in this Biraita. The first three lines, you might see, we found the words that we're dealing with on the second line from the top. Kodshek Mizbeach Yamutu, period. Skip down two lines and it says, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Behemta, Velo Behemat, Bechor, Maser, Shilala, and so forth. If I'm going to give you a sentence, which is all the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, I'm not going to start off by saying, This book is purple. And Rabbi Shimon says, This cup is brown. I'm going to say, Rabbi Shimon says, This book is purple and this cup is brown. The fact that the Mishnah has a statement initially without saying this is the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, and a few lines later quotes something in the name of Rabbi Shimon, it makes it clear to us the first statement is not following the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon is this single opinion who maintains that if it's the sanctified items which you have the responsibility upon, they're considered mamon be'alim, they're considered as if you have a material involvement in it. It's only Rabbi Shimon's opinion. You can't argue, Resh Lakish, that that first part of the Beraita is also Rabbi Shimon. Then it all would say these are Rabbi Shimon's words. Rather, Resh Lakish says, you're right, I have a different interpretation over here. How so? It's a little bit more complicated. It says the Gemara, here's how it works, according to Resh Lakish. Bekodashim kalim the suggestion goes as follows. The opinion happens to be that of Rabbi Yoseh Gilili. It's a well-known opinion, and the best way to break this down for you is uh, as follows. The classic Kodashim Kalim. When it comes to Kodashim, there are several types. So we mentioned Kodashim Mizbech and Kodashim Bedekabayit. Let's imagine we have a board in front of us and we said sanctified items, kochem isbeach on the right and kochem bedekabayit on the left. Now derivative from kochem isbeach, there are two types. I'm gonna give you the prototypes of those two types. One type is koche kodashim, the highest level. You might not recognize these words from the, the beginning of the prayer. Koche kodashim is something like a korban ola. That's the prototype. Why is an ola koche kodashim? Think about an ola. Everything in the ola is burnt for God. Ah, I can't get higher than that. Koche kodashim. But then you have something called kodashim kalim, a little bit lighter. It's going to come. A little bit lighter. For example, the prototype is shelamim. Shelamim is something where we're making shalem, we're making shalom. I enjoy it and you enjoy it, God. Of course, God doesn't enjoy it, but the reach nihoach goes to God. That's shelamim. Shelamim is an animal that I partake in and it gets sacrificed, kodashim kalim. What's the status of kodshe kodashim? Do I have any material involvement once it's sanctified? Everybody agrees. Mamon gavoa, that's fully God. So I'm not benefiting at all. Only Hashem. Enjoy. Fully. We want to use that word. All right. We want to give God enjoy. You know, yeah. Anyways, alternatively, in Kodashim Kalim, here's where there's a question. Is it that I'm sitting at the table of God and he's kind of putting it in my mouth, but it's fully his. It's only because he's putting it in my mouth and that's why I'm able to benefit still has the status of Gavoa, or alternatively, the fact that I'm allowed to eat from it means I have something of an involvement. For example, this comes up in Masechet Sukkah. What if I have a lul- I have an etrog, I have a lulav, better yet, which is mamon ma'asesheni, it's got to be an etrog, so mamon, uh, uh, yes, uh, not, not the greatest, okay, it comes up in that context. The question is with regards to my ownership of it when I'm dealing with Kodashim Kalim. 
And so the opinion of Rabbi Yosei HaGilili is, I have a material involvement in it. It is partially mine. If it's partially mine, then, says Resh Lakish, that's why you're not able to. It's for that reason you're not able to redeem this and then use that money for the Mikdash. Why are you not allowed to? Because if I have a material involvement and I'm a member of Eid Haritahat, well, this animal then is a problematic animal. This animal is a part of my, uh, uh, my ownership. It's for that reason you have to allow for in Kochem is if it's if it, there's a moon, you can always redeem it. Yes. If there's so a moon. You can never redeem it. Our question is why not allow in Kochem is for the animal to develop a moon and then to redeem it? And so the answer of the Gemara is that the reason you can't do that is because we're talking about Shilamim, like something like Shilamim. And therefore, it's always mine. So even if there is a mum in it, it's still connected to me. And as a result, you can't bring that to the Mikdash. That needs to be destroyed. For sure not. Kodashim, then it's Kodashim is You're never allowed to redeem it. All right, we'll continue with this tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen.